And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello and welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker and today we're going to talk with a good friend of mine, David Namo. He is the Executive Director of Christian Legal Society. I'm an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, working with churches and not-for-profits, all the way to religious freedom. You can find out more about us by going to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call at 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on developments about faith and the law. But now, David Namo uh, is our guest today. He is, as I mentioned, the CEO and Executive Director of Christian Legal Society. Uh, for many who hear that name for the first time, they're always wondering, is that an oxymoron? And the answer is no. David, welcome to the show. I'd like you to just jump right in on that and tell us, what is Christian Legal Society all about? It's great to be on the show, Rich. Thank you for having me as a guest. Uh, I often I often joke that every time I show somebody our publication, which is called The Christian Lawyer, somebody always says, isn't that an oxymoron? And uh, usually, unfortunately, the pastors that I show it to almost 100% of the time say that. So um, CLS, Christian Legal Society, has been around for 57 years. And at its heart, it's a group of Christian lawyers dedicated to living out their calling in the practice of law. Well, David, I'm one of those lawyers. Uh, I've been a member of uh, Christian Legal Society Actually, ever since I was in law school back in the late um, 70s, I hate to admit it at this point. That's 1970s, by the way. Um, and this organization— Did they have cars back then? Uh, yes, they did have cars. Thank you very okay. much. Uh, no phones the way we use them today, but they did have cars. And, and uh, no computers the way we have. But at any yeah, rate, uh, CLS has been a great, great benefit to me personally. Um, go into a little bit of the mission that CLS has. Uh, and, and are you just ministering to lawyers or is there something else going on with the organization? Well, it's really the, the story of CLS is really uh, almost a growth of faith story. So this group of Christian lawyers back in 19, actually the late 50s started to get together in Chicago, uh, where Malcolm Baker's located and uh, located um, organized around ABA meetings. And they eventually grew to such an extent that they created Christian Legal Society as an organization in 1961. And they began to plant Christian attorney chapters all over the country. But within a year, being that law school is such a, a, a severe place for their faith and a place where they, they really struggled, they started kind of our second ministry, and that's law student ministries. So on most law school campuses, the Christian group on that campus was either started for or continues to be a Christian Legal Society chapter. Well, uh, I'd like to got, get into that a little bit more. Certainly, 
I was a part of that in the 70s and very, very grateful. When you say law students struggle uh, in law school with their faith, what, what are you referring to? Well, there's this belief that the law has no, that the law and morals have no relationship to each other, right? That we are, you know, as, as some great thinkers say, you know, oh, we are just animals and we're deciding our own morality and we are deciding our own direction. But when that is the case, right, then the, the ultimate arbiter is power. There is no, there is no underlying reason to say, hey, life is important, right? And there's a value to life. And there's a value to how we treat people. Um, we might decide as a society, oh, yeah, we think this is important now, but if it changes, right, if there's no transcendent source for the law, which we as Christians and, and, uh, and other faiths believe, then the law is going to change and how we treat people is going to change. And the 20th century was certainly filled with examples of how uh, societies that abandoned that understanding of the law um, changed and just, you know, it, it cost millions of lives because of it. And so law schools uh, are built that way, right? The law is the law and morals are morals and they should never, you know, they should never uh, uh, come into to relationship with each other. And I think that's wrong. And I think America is in danger if we really treat the law that way, because then it becomes a tool um, that we can manipulate instead of uh, natural law, right? A higher law that we need to understand. Now, this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today, David Namo of the Christian Legal Society is with us to discuss uh, so many of the aspects of ministry for Christian Legal Society. So, David, I'm a law student. Uh, what What is CLS? Well, actually, it's more than CLS, isn't it? You are in partnership with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship uh, on the law on the law campuses. Is that correct? Absolutely. You know, we've had, we've had judges say CLS, Christian Legal Society is an oasis in law school. And so it's, we're coming up on uh, 20 or 15 years, maybe it's a little over 15 years, that we came into partnership, which is truly, I think, one of the best ministry partnerships in the country. Uh, CLS has all the lawyers and the lawyer chapters, but we don't have workers in all the law schools, you know, like Campus Crusade or University Christian Fellowship or the Navigators, right? They've got people and ministers working in, on all these undergraduate or even graduate campuses. And uh, University Christian Fellowship, we were in partnership with them, just kind of we would get along. But we decided to take a further step. The graduate and faculty ministry at InterVarsity hired their first professional school ministry directors. And so they were going to concentrate on medical school, law school, business school, because the students going to, you know, going to professional schools, they were not going to get out and go into ministry work. They were going to get out and they were going to practice their vocation. And uh, that was a shift in thinking for some folks uh, in, at IV but it was a great shift. And now we are in such good partnership with them. InterVarsity workers are really work hand in glove with CLS as they help Christian Legal Society chapters on law school campuses. And we help train them and understand, you know, how weird law students are and the unique struggles of being a law student. And they in turn, uh, you know, come to our conferences. And we just, Mike Schott, who is our director of law student ministries is on staff at InterVarsity Christian Fellowship as the director um, that, of their law student program. 
So we are that closely related. It's a wonderful partnership. So I'm hearing that the uh, Law Student Ministries is uh, really a discipleship program preparing uh, the next generation of professionals to go out into the marketplace uh, with an act of faith. Is that is that an accurate way to say that? Yes, and to understand their calling. Uh, and I think the church has been coming around to this in the last 10 years, where the ministry of vocation or calling, we're starting to figure that out. Um, right? We've moved past the, oh, if you work in the church, that's sacred work. But if you work out here right, in a law firm or a business, that's secular work. And um, Martin Luther rejected that, right? He said the milkmaid can milk cows to the glory of the Lord. And we believe lawyers can practice to the glory of the Lord. It's interesting you say that because that issue was recently up in the U.S. Supreme Court in the uh, Baker's case with a cake where he was claiming that uh, his objection to baking a particular cake with a particular message had to do with his vocation and his calling from God. So is this a similar idea of calling as that? I I think there are some differences. I You know, you and I could spend three hours talking about the similarities and the differences between Jack Phillips as a baker who did not decline to serve people based on their sexual orientation, but he declined to use his specific talents, right, to endorse an activity that he didn't believe. And, um, and so uh, what we want law students and lawyers to understand is, look, the everyday practice of work where God has called you, right, where you spend a lot of your time every week, um, is, is, is a calling from the Lord. And so I tease law students. I say, look, if you want to destroy a family, go out there, practice the state law and write terrible wills, right? Because we know what happens to families when bad wills are written and they tear each other up for money. But if you go out and you write wonderful wills and you protect families and you protect generations of, you know, giving, um, you can bless a family, right? They may not even know it, but if that's where God's called you, there are ramifications, generations down the line that you'll never see because you were faithful where God has called you. And that's what we want them to understand. It doesn't always look like, you know, sharing Jesus with somebody. Sometimes it's just doing the work with an incredible uh, skill and calling, understanding your calling. It's interesting you say that because uh, in my own family, we, uh, I did not want to represent my parents uh, with regard to their will. So I went to a, a fellow member at Christian Legal Society who's very, very gifted in this area. And uh, he did exactly that. It was, it was, uh, could have been a minefield in terms of different issues that came up. But the way he worked in the estate, uh, everything went very, very well. So I, I hardly resonate with, with your comments on that. Um, so recently you had a conference. Uh, on the East Coast for law students. Uh, we're coming up near break, so I'm going to uh, hold off until after the break on that. But I would like to know uh, more about how you're working with students and how you're discipling them. Uh, coming up, we will be talking further about recent CLS developments, not only with student law ministry, but also uh, in terms of litigation uh, and what CLS is doing to uh, preserve religious freedom.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with David Namo, Executive Director and CEO of Christian Legal Society. David, before the break, we were talking a little bit about what I called a student conference that you had just held. Tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, thank you. It, it was actually not a conference, Rich. It was a fellows program. So CLS uh, was able to uh, start what we're calling the Christian Legal Society Law Student Fellows Program. And it was an opportunity to, to bring fellows, uh, law students, rising two L's and rising three L's, so those that had finished their first or second year of law school, to Washington, D.C., and to really spend a week um, talking about the issues that you and I have just talked about, right? So the lawyer's calling, um, what jurisprudence should look like, uh, what integrity means to uh, Christians in the law, um, what justice and jurisdiction actually is, what the biblical basis for justice and jurisdiction is. Uh, they also got to, you know, do a tour of the Capitol, and we got to see the Supreme Court. Um, but we also brought in professors, and we brought in uh, folks from all over the country, both lawyers and professors, to talk about these issues and give them time to hear and to process these issues. Uh, so, you know, lawyers and clients and, um, and what it's like in the regular practice of law. We brought in uh, general counsels of large corporations and big firms and small firms and mid-sized firms and, and both people that work for prosecutors and uh, the pro- you know, district attorneys and the defense, you know, public defenders. So we, we brought them all in. So the students had an opportunity to see Christians that were lawyers and, um, and what that looked like and sounded like and to spend time with them and hear from them. You know, David, when you say that, I, I uh, think that's so important because lawyers have such an incredible influence on our society. Um, the, the training of the lawyer seems to me to be a very, very valuable uh, part of any ministry, any Christian ministry that, that's working with professionals. Uh, I agree. And it's, it's funny, when we started this fellows program, I think we had published the schedule of what we were going to talk about. And we had a ton of lawyers say, ask if they could come. And they said, you know, we didn't get this training and we're out here practicing and we don't we don't understand our calling and we're trying to figure out, you know, how, how God is working in our daily lives. And we want to come. And we said, we would love for you to come, but this is just for law students. So, you know, this is, this is probably one of the best programs through our law student ministry that we've done in, in decades uh, to bring, to fly all these students in and just spend time pouring into them and letting them understand their calling and, and the biblical basis for much of what they're learning in law school. Well, I come back and I have a couple questions and then I need to move on because CLS is doing so much more. Um, who gets to go to this? How, how do you, how does somebody uh, sign up for uh, the program? So the, the easiest and quickest way, and we've not opened applications for the summer of 2019 yet. Uh, and we will do that probably in the next couple months. Uh, right now, we're getting packets out to all of our law student chapters because law schools are starting right now, right, next week and the week after that. So they're setting up tables and everything else. But what they can do is go to the ChristianLegalSociety.org uh, website. There's a law student section, and um, if you go now, you'll see all the information from last year's fellows program, but we have not yet opened the application for 2019, but the, we are taking applications. We will be taking applications to the website, ChristianLegalSociety.org. 
David, who's paying for this? How how do you how are you able to uh, afford to put on a, a program like this? It sounds like it, there's a lot that goes into it. There is a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot of cost that goes into it. And we were blessed that um, we found a donor and 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 uh, that really understood the importance of this kind of program and got excited about it and said, I want, I want to help you start this program. And so they have committed in partnership to do this for the first few years. We're hoping that they'll extend it, but we are looking for other organizations or groups or individuals that understand how important this is so that we can grow this program and continue to do it for the next 30 years. Uh, okay, I'm going to just ask this uh, before we run out of time, and we will eventually. If somebody were interested in uh, supporting that program, how would they do it? If they're interested in supporting this program, they should call me, or they can give through the website. Again, giving through the website, you'll get it. But just call Christian Legal Society, 703-642-1070. That's 703-642-1070. And just... you. Somebody will either answer the phone or you can, you know, find me on the, you know, the navigation or just leave a message and somebody will call you back. But if you're excited about it, you can give on the website and say, I want to give to the Law Student Fellows Program. Or you can call me and I will make sure somebody follows up with you. David, uh, Christian Legal Society does so many other things. Uh, it has an extensive um, legal aid clinic program with uh, legal aid clinics all over the country. But another thing that it's also doing that's really important is its Center for Law and Religious Freedom. Tell me a little bit about what this uh, program is all about. Most people when they hear Christian Legal Society, that's what they think of what we're doing is, oh, you must be one of those religious liberty groups. And it's funny, we started in 1961, like we mentioned at the beginning of this call, but we didn't start doing work for religious freedoms uh, until 1975. So back in the 70s, when you know, back when you were in law school, right? And yeah. and uh, you know, the culture was struggling with a lot of things. And one of the things they were struggling with was how religion and society would relate to each other. And they were they were actually throwing groups off of, you know, high school campuses and they're saying you can't read the Bible in school and you can't pray in school. And, you know, and there was no group to respond. There was nobody to respond in this whole country. And Christian legal society's board of directors said, we need to respond. Uh, God called us together, not just to fellowship, not to just to witness on campuses, uh, but also to, to respond to this. So we started our center for law and religious freedom in 1975. And we've been, doing incredible work since then. Um, we have, we uh, David, have let me interrupt you just it. for a second. You're yeah, listening ahead. to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and we're speaking with David Namo of the Christian Legal Society uh, with regard here to uh, the different ministries that that society is doing. So to bring us up to date. What is the center doing these days? Uh, these days, uh, the, one of the big programs of the center, so we continue to file briefs in important cases across the country. Uh, you know, the, you mentioned the Masterpiece Cake uh, case. We filed, we filed a brief that I really believe was uh, instrumental. It was the only brief mentioned at oral argument, um, and it was probably the premier brief when it came to the religious freedom argument, uh, which ultimately uh, won the day for Jack Phillips. 
And that was uh, surprising. Everybody thought it would be a free speech argument that won, and, and it actually okay. it was the um, free exercise that that more than anything carried the day there. Yeah. So CLS, you know, we've been in this game for a long time, and the Lord has blessed us with uh, a lot of great decisions and uh, and and great folks that write briefs for us. And so we were pleased to be able to to be a part of that. Um, the one big thing that we've been doing is uh, the American Bar Association um, had passed a rule and is trying to impose a rule uh, on all the states that would be a danger to the religious, but actually the free speech and the religious freedom of every lawyer uh, in the country. And uh, they're doing it under the premise of uh, protecting um, discrimination, you know, preventing discrimination, but there's ton of that. Is essentially what it would do is it would stifle uh, the freedom of speech that lawyers have. It would stifle their ability to represent clients and it would stifle their ability to actually, it would stifle the ability of religious lawyers, uh, Christians and Jewish lawyers and Muslim lawyers to actually be engaged in their faith in any extent. It, it was very dangerous rule. So we are fighting this rule that the ABA is trying to impose on the whole country state by state by state. Uh, David, you mentioned not just Christian lawyers, but you mentioned Jewish lawyers and, and Muslim lawyers. Uh, so are these religious freedoms that uh, Christian legal society is defending, are they broader than just for the Christian community? Absolutely. As Christians, we know that religious freedom matters. If it matters to, to one group, it needs to matter to all the groups. So we have been fighting for the religious freedoms of all Americans. And back in the 80s, when we were fighting to protect a group that smoked drugs as part of their religious ceremony, right, a Native American ceremony, um, we got a lot of flack from the Christian community. And our response was essentially, look, if you dig a hole, you're going to fall in it. But if you build a net, you're going to fall in it eventually. And in the 80s, nobody would have ever imagined that Christianity as a faith would be under attack the way it is in this country. But all the protections that CLS and then ultimately, you know, eventually other groups were protecting back in the 70s and 80s, we are now relying on them as, as Christians um, to protect our freedoms as well. David, thank you so much for being a part of this show. Uh, we haven't even nearly covered all that CLS is doing. Um, one thing that we didn't mention was the annual conference you have. Could you tell us about that really quickly and how people could find out more? Happy to. The Christian Legal Society is holding its annual national conference from October 11th through the 14th in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The theme this year is Being Faithful, Advocating for Justice, Mercy, and Truth. Uh, we're going to have amazing speakers. Uh, every Christian lawyer and Christian law student that you know uh, should come, and we'd love to have them there. All the information is on our website at www.christianlegalsociety.org. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243. Again, that's 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Mauk & Baker is a Christian law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal needs. Have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.